Hey there, welcome to the We Miss Marty podcast. I'm Chris, I got Laura with me. How are you doing? Good, doing good. I am doing good too, very good. Um, interesting episode of Fraser's Week. Uh, we watched Breaking the Ice, where the guys went on a fishing trip. Um, Laura, this, and uh, probably people wouldn't know this lost in Ohio, but uh, one of our areas that we cover had an interesting story about shanties. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. a big ice fisherman, so I couldn't tell you that much about it. And we had a mayor who was, uh, he claimed he was joking, but it kind of sounded like he was being serious. I uh, was talking about prostitution. He said, hey, there's prostitution going on in these ice shanties, which is are these little hubs where you go ice fishing at. And so it kind of made me laugh when this episode came up. Not that back then they knew that the mayor was going to say that, but it was kind of fun. But they weren't in a shanty; they were in a cabin, right? That's what they. That's what Marty called it. Called it his their cabin. Okay, because I've had ice fishermen come to me and say shanties are really small, so this is like a palace compared to a shanty. Yeah. It seemed like it must be like that, but yeah. I mean, I don't understand why. Um, <laughs> why anybody would think. Um, they would have uh, sexual relations going on because basically yeah. it's like four walls, a top, and a big hole in the ice. Well, <laughs> in, no floor. It's just ice. <laughs> anytime you think about that, no matter how you feel, but some people get warm easily or cold easier. Mm-hmm. Being cold would not be that appealing. Period. Anything to do with that, you know the the. Yeah. I don't care how crazy of a person you are. It just sounds very strange. So yeah, very weird. So yeah, support local journalism. Check out the Beacon Journal. Um, this mayor has since resigned, but hey, they always got fun stuff going on there. So but keep that's in mind, fun. if you have worn buns, most yes, this is the name of the thing that yes. uh, Niles in his big group of. Uh, Big collection of fishing equipment. We've got something. I think. I think that's what he called it. Warm buns, hot buns. Maybe yeah, I don't hot. know. I don't I can't know. remember. It's like a big pillow. It looked like. He said what? you put it in the microwave and it stays warm for hours. Well, I got to share a hot take. And again, I'm not a fisherman. Yeah. It's fine if you like to fish. Great. I'm not gonna sit and argue if people out there might do that. What's the appeal for ice fishing? I mean, let's take the prostitution claim out of it. I yeah. mean, I, I just don't like. I don't know. I mean, it. That's a good question. You know, I honestly, in my opinion, what's the appeal of fishing? But yeah, oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who, who love it. Um, my best friend, uh, lady, loves to fish. Yeah. So, um. I don't have the ability to just sit there and do nothing. Oh, yeah. Well, not doing nothing, but do almost nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not somebody who can just sit still. I'm always picking or, you know, doing something. Like, while we're in this this chat, um, I have the show that we're watching, that we watch on screen. That's why, like, I we're not using a video we're not putting a video up from this but um i mean that's why i was like chris always sees me look 
look off screen, you know. Oh yeah. Oh no, I figured that. I figured that. So it's well, at least you're watching the show. If you're watching yeah. like yeah, <laughs> Doctor Phil or whatever's on this time of day, yeah, I'd be like, oh, that's rough. Yeah. Well, well you can't see everything. I can't just sit there, you know. It seems so yeah boring. Well, I get in trouble for that at church all the time because I'm always on my phone, and mm. it's not that I hate church or I hate the sermon or I hate the pastor, but sometimes it's hard for me just to sit there. Sometimes mm-hmm. I got to keep my mind flowing, and honestly, I'm not sitting there, you know, really engrossed in Twitter or wherever I'm looking at, but I just don't. It's tough. And, and you know, again, I, I feel unfair for ripping fishing. I don't like fishing. You might like fishing, but, you know, I like going to football games. You know, that's something I enjoy. I am getting, the older I get, even great football games. I don't want to go in the cold. I remember as a younger guy, I went to Steelers playoff game in the cold. And as much fun as it was watching a team I enjoy and um, going to a playoff game, oh, the cold just sucked. Oh, And halfway through the game, I I went to some friends of mine at the game and said, hey, this is fun, but... We should have sat at home and, you know, you got food, drinks in front of you, and you can still watch the game. I mean, you'll watch the game. It's great, but, oh, cold stinks, so. Yeah. It's rough. But, hey, it was important to Marty. Um, he has annual fishing trip uh, with his friend uh, Duke. Duke suddenly cancels, and it's interesting because, obviously, the last thing that Niles and uh, Fraser want to do is go on a fishing trip with Marty or anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I loved how Daphne came in and said, I got the kippers. Um, I, I, are the kippers fish? Yeah. I'm not sure what kippers are. Okay. Yeah. And she had her brothers over. The brothers brought home. And suddenly, Niles, who wants to be around uh, Daphne, whatever, you know, whenever, said, Hey, I'm going on this fishing trip w- with uh, Dad. It's which is very strange. They're similar to um, sardines, but bigger. Yeah. You know, they're very oily fish. They're gross. I mean, <laughs> make no mistake about it. Kippers oh, yeah. But, well, Laura's not trying to talk us into kippers, so. No, no. Okay. Nah, not. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just another of the London foods that Daphne likes. And, well, and at that point, you know, Daphne obviously didn't know that Niles had a crush on him, I mean, on her, but, man, what does that say about Kippers when, you know, Niles loves Daphne, Niles wants to be around Daphne, but, you know, the Kippers drive Niles away. <laughs> I mean, Niles must totally, absolutely hate and loathe Kippers because, you know, you would think that would get them close together, at least on Niles' <laughs> opinion. Well, I mean, there's there's one thing, there's one barrier that we know of. That's the only one so far for Niles. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, and then with Fraser, it's interesting. I, I, we're all different about this. I go in spurts. Sometimes I'm a huge I love you guy, and a lot of people sometimes it's harder for me to say. But, you know, Fraser starts noticing that, you know, Marty is saying I love you to everybody, from the dog uh, to Duke, which was kind of fun. Um, but, you know, now, Frazier, his dad never says it to him. And that's harder for me, 
you know, I, I can't identify with a lot of his show. My dad was more of an emotional guy. He'd probably say, I love you 500 times a day. And maybe you said too much. I don't know. I guess it's better not hearing it. Um, did that strike you as odd? I mean, I know every family is a little bit different with that. You know, it's it's interesting because my family was... We never, ever said it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but every day, I knew that I was loved by my parents, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. because, you know, my parents were there for everything... They, we spoke, they, you know, took care of me, anything I wanted, they would give me, you know, um, discipline too, you know. Um, But I, I mean, there was never a doubt, you know, the times, and it's funny, you know, the times that I did say it to them, which for my mom and for my dad was, you know, basically right, went right before the point where they were dying. And both yeah, times, every time I ever said it, I was like crying because right. it was so it was like so difficult for me to say. It just seemed so unusual, you know. Maybe because it wasn't a part of who I am, you know. Right. It never was, but you know, they. I was always there for them as well, you know. When I got older, you know, it was my turn, you know, and they knew that I loved them, so. Well, and a couple of thoughts, too. I mean, you could say I love you a billion times, but you could show contempt in, like, how you treat people or whatever else the case may be. Right. So it's not just a counter of how many times you say it. I, right. I know for my family, and here I go saying personal stuff about my family again, but for me, you know, there's this book that talks about the love languages. Everyone has a different sense of what love is and what it means to them, and I find myself more being a I love you guy or a physical touch. But I mean, I mean, hugs. So uh, for me, and my kids aren't like that. And my wife isn't like that. Where they appreciate it, but they don't go for that first. And they're more of like a service. If you help them out from my wife to the kids, yeah, they'll be huggy and they'll return it and everything else. But sometimes when I don't get that hug or I don't get the I love you, I'm like, hey, heck with this. I'm going to do my own thing tonight, which makes it kind of hard. So, But but you're definitely right. And I think for you, Laura, probably since you guys didn't say as much, the times that you said it probably still means a lot to you this very day where, you know, yeah, I mean, my dad said a million times, but it was hard, it's hard to identify with one particular moment that was very special where, like you said, you had this couple times you'll, you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny also, my, my bro, my bro, yeah, my brother's wife, my sister-in-law, um, her family is like a, a hugging family and right. kissing on the cheek. Right. And, and it's funny because my brother and I are both like a little uncomfortable with it. You know, the first yeah. time, the first, my, my mom like warned me ahead of time. You know, because it was just something we never did. And you could tell that my brother hates it, you know. Yeah. Because my brother's like, you know, kind of a, he's sort of standoffish. He's very much like my dad, my dad was in that way. It was just, you know, he was very private and very quiet. And, and but, you know, my sister-in-law's family, it's, they come in, they see you, they hug you, 
you know, and and hug and give you a kiss goodbye. You know, it's um, it's just who they are. You know, it and I'll be honest, like um, like you know, different parts of my family do you know the hugging thing. You know, like yeah. my um, like my one of my aunts, my dad's brother's wife. I mean, to her, it was disrespectful if you, when you came into a room and said, you know, if you didn't come over and give her a hug and a kiss, you yeah. know, it was like, and, and the thing was like, she wasn't going to come and say hi to you. Mm-hmm. It was your job as the kid to come and be respectful to the adult, you know? And I, I learned that, you know, from her, you know, over the years and watched how that worked with her. And it's something I always remember, you know, whenever I'm around like an elder, I always go, I mean, I don't say I love you to like a boss or anything like that, (laughs) you know, but it's like my job to, you know, say hello or, you know, greet somebody. But I can see Fraser's point, too, because, yeah, we're all different in how we say, you know, who we say I love you to and everything. But, you know, for Fraser, he's like, you know, it's almost like. His dad's living two different lives where, in one sense, hey, Duke, I love you. Hey, dog, I love you. But then, you know, for his sons, he has a hard time saying that. Because I, I can understand if, like, you're just saying I love you to everybody. And you're like, oh, it's just him. That's what he does. But it's harder when you're that way to certain people and you're not that way to others. But, you know, but you have to think. You have to remember you can't judge Marty because if you, when you watch this, and of course we've watched this episode probably seven hundred times just because it yeah, runs yeah. into, runs into it all the time. Right. He doesn't say "I love you." He says "I love you." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, bull!" He says "I love you," but he, when I watched it a couple times today, it is "I love you," you know, and it's you know, it's that informal, you know, you're my friend kind of "I love you." It's not, he's not saying that somebody else is, you know, loved more than his kids. Well, here's (laughs) here's another thing. I mean, we're in season two. And although there's been definite signs of how close this family is getting, how they stand (laughs) up for each other, Mm you got to admit, I mean, season one, I mean, good night. They... You know, there was a deep divide between the brothers and the family. And, mm-hmm. yeah, as family, you're supposed to care and for each other. But when stuff happens, it's hard to get over. I mean, I don't want to say anything too specific here, but I know of people I'm really close to that have a difficult relationship with their parents. And mm-hmm. in the bottom line, they, they do love and respect each other. But when stuff happens, and, mm-hmm. you know, with Frazier, you know, Hey, you know, Marty was told to live with Frazier. Neither one of them wanted it. They figured they had to. There was a divide, and sometimes you just can't come back from that. You know, you can't... I mean, you can come back eventually, but you can't just come back right away. It takes a while. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Marty... You know, Marty had to build trust again with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and we joke about how these guys are really, like, they're in the arts and everything else, and Marty's not like that. And, and, yeah, you can easily say, well, I could care about you even if we don't like the same type of things. But it was probably hard for Marty. You know, Marty wanted, I'm sure Marty wanted the sons he could watch a ball game with. That that they would really care about the ball game. And, you know, it's tough when it's not like that, you know. <laughs> it just, 
I mean, I, I could tell you more offline about how, even with some interpersonal relationships I have, you know, you care about people, but it's hard when, you know, people are a little bit different. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And what's, what else is interesting, and I just was thinking about this, that um, we haven't had one for a while, but the next time Freddy's there, it it'll be interesting to look at it and see how they how he deals with Freddy, the son. Yeah. The son. Yeah. You know, I I don't know if I don't remember him being like, I love you to him. You know, necessarily. Do you? Uh, I don't know. I haven't specifically looked for it, but if they didn't, it wouldn't surprise me based on everything we said. Yeah. You know, I don't I, know. Um, yeah, and. Yeah, it makes you think, too. I mean, a, a lot of times you either, um, oh, interesting. I mean, you either follow the lead of your parents or if you're really saying, hey, I got to go a different way, you go completely different. So sometimes, you know, the sons learn from their fathers, you know, and they mm-hmm. either copy directly or say, hey, I got to do something different here. Mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, so... Yeah, Marty's saying, hey, I love you to Duke and Eddie. Not saying it to everybody else. And mm-hmm. it, it was interesting because Niles, you know, Frazier gets a little upset because Niles is, like, really into this. And, you know, Niles has the outfit and everything. And, you know, Frazier's like, he can't even tell me he loves me. Why would I go on this trip? And I think Frazier gets a little bit upset with Niles. But, yeah, Daphne really helps out here. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean... I liked that they kind of jumped, well, that Niles kind of jumped in, you know, um, and even more at the end of the episode when we find out, you know, really why, you know, I liked that Frazier said, what are you doing on this trip, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit more of a, of a, you know, an, I mean, granted, he was kind of drinking he- some heavy liquor there, but. Um, I liked that he he broke it down to the base and said, what are you doing on this trip, you know? Yeah. Why, yeah. why did you do this and put yourself into all these clothes and stuff? And, you know, I I gotta say, I liked what he said in response, what Niall said, you know, that he was kind, he was a little jealous, you know, which is right. good because it's showing growth in him as well, you know? Right. Um, and that's got to be difficult for Niles because he is a little bit of a snob. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More than a little bit, but he's a bit of a snob, you know, for him to be jealous of his relationship with somebody who, you know, likes the less finer things in life, <laughs> you know, is a big thing. So. I think, too, I don't want to sound like an old man, but the older I get, I, okay, you go to certain things like with your family or at work because you feel like you need to and you'd be nice and maybe sometimes you're talking to somebody and, and there might be a big issue but you're like all right i'm not going to i don't want to get in a fight here let's just do this and we'll be mm-hmm. fine and, and nothing will happen i i don't want to be the fire lord but i i kind of liked here in the episode where yeah they were just doing their thing fraser receiving inside but when Niles drops the keys for the Ice, you know, that really sparks conversations. Yeah, it got pretty ugly for a while. 
But, you know, that kind of sparked the conversation to be had because I'll tell you, I, there's, <laughs> again, let me do this offline or I'm going to get in trouble in real life, but, um, you know, there's about three or four situations now, family and outside family, where sometimes you sit there, you, you're nice, ha, 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 everything's great, and then you're grouchy on the way home, and, again, I don't want, like, a big Springer show where everyone's wrestling around, but mm-hmm. I'm like, man, we're not getting any younger. Let, let's just see if we get this out or try to figure out where we're at. And I kind of liked how it would be really frustrating to have keys, you know, loose keys, and you think you have to spend all night at the cabin. But I liked how that sparked growth and conversation with everybody. Yeah. Um, it seemed like they kind of got together more, maybe bonding yeah. more. Um, you know, they got... I think the alcohol helped, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> um, I mean, let's be honest. Um, yeah. He had some pretty heavy liquor there. Um, and I like, you know, the other thing that, you know, is good here is, you know, Marty basically insisted that the kids tell him what they were talking about, you know? Yeah. Let your old man in on the joke, I think is what he says. And Yeah. And they tell him, you know? It makes him totally uncomfortable, but um, it apparently had been a problem all along. He said his wife, their their mother, gave him a hard time about it, and he he had the difficult time saying it, but he did say it, and they said it back. So, you know, I don't think we ever hear it again. Yeah, <laughs> as we as we go forward. Yeah, but at least they understand that and everything. And, you know, it's good. It's, it's good. They they were able to uh, figure out the relationship and everything. And, it, it, no, it, it, it was good. I, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm saying that 50 times in yeah. a row. But, no, it, it actually helped. I will say, too, and mm-hmm. I, I could get in trouble. <laughs> it's about six times I could get in trouble with. I, I will say it's tougher for me. And... Not that me saying I love you to a guy means I'm going to run away with the guy or anything. <laughs> it's always been harder for me. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, we have a 15-year-old in our house that, I mean, we're intending to adopt. So, I mean, he could become my son. I have a harder time saying I love you to guys or kissing a guy. And by that, I mean platonic. You know, hey, son, come here. I'm going to give you a goodnight kiss on the cheek. Or, hey, dad, let me give you a goodnight kiss. And... I don't know. I mean, I think everyone reacts differently to that. Maybe, you know, people wouldn't care as much. But that that's kind of impacted my f- friendships with some people. Um, you know, that like to say a little bit more. Um, I I think I've only said I love you to a friend once, but that's because he was going through all hell. I mean, he just went through a horrifying p- position. And I, I'm just trying to tell him, let's cut through the crap of normal stuff we talk about. How can I help you? And I'll be honest, that was. That was a Frasier in the um, Ice House moment. I mean, it was really emotional, but it, it was helpful. So, it was good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah, and, and you're right. Alcohol <laughs> played a big role. And I, I'm not going to endorse lots of alcohol there, but hey, it, it helped, I guess. So, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it got him where they needed to be. <laughs> yes. <Like> yes. <laughs> Maybe we could get alcohol sponsor now. Like, <laughs> get you where you need to be, you know, if you... If you do that, I thought it was, uh, yeah, and it, it finally ended up with the um, the local security guy uh, coming and 
Yeah, he helped out. He took him back yeah. to the hotel, and they they call a locksmith. Um, I liked a couple of quotes real quick before we go. Um, you know, Frazier tells Ross his father never said I love you to him, and Ross says, "Oh God, that explains so much." <laughs> I thought that mm-hmm. was good. Um, I liked uh, when Niles came in, you know, out from the outdoors where when they first got there. And he said it was the first time he had ever urinated outdoors. And yeah. Said, and another cup of coffee and I'll dot the I. Yes, yes. <laughs> I guess he must have written his name. I guess. I don't yes, remember. yeah. But the other thing that made me laugh, and it's kind of like an inside thing for me, but um, when Frazier was, when they were trying to talk Frazier into going at first, and he was like, no, I don't want to go fishing. He said, <laughs> why don't we go see the Iceman Cometh? And so the funny thing about the Iceman Cometh, and I don't know if you can see it over my right shoulder here in the background. You see that thing on the wall? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I went to see the Iceman Cometh on Broadway with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, okay. Back in the day. Yes. But um, the Iceman <laughs> Cometh. Not too recently. <laughs> yeah. The Iceman Cometh is a four-hour play. Wow, wow. <laughs> and it includes a soliloquy by the star of the show that is 20 minutes long. <laughs> so I was, I was laughing, thinking, Marty at the Iceman Cometh, wow. <laughs> it, yeah, and this tells you where I'm at on pop culture. Instead of being refined, saying, oh, what a classic play and everything, I laughed because... Uh, the other day I got in deep dive while I was working with old um, uh, Sunday in Philadelphia clips and the Nightman come up, which was one of their more popular episodes. I laughed because, yeah, yeah, yeah very crazy. Um, I will tell you, if you like that episode on YouTube, they actually took video of the cast went to this Philadelphia bar and they added scenes to the Nightman come up. So if you like that episode, they have a full YouTube of their 50 hour long performance where they took the episode ad scenes and it was crazy um, lots of Jim Beam by the audience lots of yelling and screaming it, it, it was a wild night I'll, I'll tell you that So, very good any other thoughts about this uh, Frasier um, no I think we I think we talked about everything that I had written down Why yeah there has no fish when he comes in at the end or does he have one I think he had one. Yeah. Sorry. At the yeah. end, when he came into the apartment, when they were uh, at the uh, that usual ending of theirs. <laughs> I can't remember. That's yeah, a good question. Like a I haven't small, thought about that. Yeah. It was like a really small one because Marty came in with this big group. And okay. then uh, uh, Frazier had a few, and then Niles had one. So at least he caught one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. And uh, next week, we're going to talk about Affair to Forget. Um, you know, Roz was having some, not Roz, Maris, I'm sorry, I'm getting everyone confused now. Maris had some affairs, and this is an affair that, yeah, started the end for, uh, Niles and Maris, so. Yeah. I like that episode. Yeah. To me, that's a really good one. Well, especially, that may have been the closest we came to seeing Maris on the episode, because at the end, you know, Fraser thought, you know, like, um, 
Yeah, we won't give away too much. Obviously, <laughs> no spoilers. Because I'm sure if you listen to this, you're like, yeah. I gotta watch the episode. You know, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what happened. But no, uh, we only saw Maris. Well, I guess I'll just leave it at that. So, all right. Well, uh, check out all of our other content we have on the uh, website. Um, there's lots of ways of supporting what we do. Um, just uh, click on the, our podcast page. Lots of links you can go to where. Uh, if you like us on Facebook or even read a story that one of us write, uh, it definitely helps us out, believe us. So, uh, thanks for checking us out on the We Miss Marty podcast. Uh, we also have a free, uh, Seinfeld that we're um, going to hopefully record in a few minutes, and you can check it out too. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book. Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.